hope you brought an apple for the teacher, because it's time for the Star Seminar. And now, here are your hosts, Rabble Rouser and Danny Fenton. Welcome once again to another edition of the Star Seminar, your team-taught course in all things Cowboys footballogy. And I have to say, this is not the lesson that we were looking forward to. As always, I am your host, Dr. Rabble Rouser, and I am joined by the preeminent Cowboysologist, the greatest writer the blogging the boys has ever seen, yes indeed, Dr. Danny Phantom. How are you today, sir? Uh, I don't know. I don't know how I am, perhaps. Uh, this is a hard time for me. Uh, you know, I wake Oh, really? Pray tell. Why? <laughs> I wake up and I, sometimes I just find myself you know, asking like, is it really over? You know, and and I go through this every year too, to where I'm just so invested in this team. And, and you know, as you know, you know, we invest so much of our time and our energy into the season and everything that goes on in the season and the players and everything. And and to have it just come to an abrupt end. I mean, I I think we all had ideas about how far the team could go. But I think we all expected we were going to see, you know, another week of football and uh, for it to not happen. Um, it, it, it was hard. And it just every time this happens, too, I start to question, like, my life choices. Like, am I doing the right things with my time? You know, because I feel like you just have all this stuff and you just throw it all away. And it's like, now what? Now the rest of my life and stuff. And and sometimes I just kind of like put things in perspective. And I always find myself... Um, telling myself, I'm going to spend more time with my family. I'm going to be a better husband, a better grandpa, you know, a better whatnot mm-hmm. in this. And, you know, and like we've already started to where like we're having, you know, we're always so busy normally just, you know, but and we'll, we'll eat on the run and stuff. And now like we're having dinner at the table and it, it kind of brings me a calmness to, you know, to like, okay, it's just a new, new part of, of my year and this is how it's going to be. But I don't know, maybe that's, maybe I'm just weird, but are there anything like any parts of your day like that you and your wife that you you share that you think is extremely valuable? Yeah, I think there's a couple. Uh, that's a really interesting question. There's a couple things we do. So we do a thing. We don't do it every day because sometimes our schedules don't permit it. But we do do a thing where we sit down with like a glass of wine and say, "How was your day? What did you learn? You know, that kind of thing. Well, tell me, tell me a highlight. Tell me something good that happened today." So we do do that, and that can be really. It's a sort of nice way to kind of put a button on the day. It works best when our days both end at the same time, and that doesn't always necessarily happen. The other is that, you know, we always um, – we both like to cook and we both like to eat. And so, um, you know, we always have – even though it's just two of us, we always try to have dinner together and, um, and just have, have a meal together. And, and we usually follow that, but we'll, like, watch one episode of something on TV. So that we have a kind of nighttime ritual mm-hmm. that where we do that. Um, I will remind you of a conversation we had earlier. Um, if, I'm sure you don't need reminding, but um, you know how much I delight in reminding you of things oh, where yeah. we talked about what you were going to do for, I believe it was your granddaughter's birthday mm-hmm. if the Cowboy game was on Saturday. And I think I told you the time. You have to give your love where the love is returned and requited. And um, I've been thinking about that a lot this week because I said at the time, the Cowboys and the NFL do not love you. And that's never been more true than right now. And so I think that is the time for all of us to be reviewing our life choices, because if we are taking time away from those who do love us to give to something that doesn't, then I think that 
you know, we need to think about ways in which we can give the love where it is given. Yeah, no, it's funny. And, I, uh, I actually thought about you saying that too. And it just kind of like, you know, I mean, it made a lot more sense this week than it did the week before. Right, 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 right. <laughs> You're like, no, but, 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 but they, but they beat, they beat Detroit. I, they love me. But no, I, to I totally understand. And it, yeah, it's such as life. And, uh, but mm. you know, the Cowboys are a big part of that. And it's, it's just, it's just a tough time, time of the year for me, I think. It is. It is. There's going to be a lot of time because they're uh, ignominious and early playoff exit. There's going to be a lot of time to talk about this. So what um, we're going to be doing over the course of the next few weeks here on the star seminar is kind of breaking things down. We want to, there's a lot to talk about, certainly more than, than uh, any one episode can encompass. So what we're going to focus on today is, you know, the wild card loss and some of the things that maybe we learned is there is there maybe a way in which that provided us a lens to understand a little bit more about the regular season? I think we have some ideas about that in future episodes. We're actually going to do a, a, a Ravels roundup about the Cowboys spine, and we're all and then we'll break it down, and talk a little bit more about the ownership, um, the quarterback, uh, you know, the defense and the defensive coordinator. So there's a lot to unpack over the next few weeks, mm -hmm. um, and this is all precipitated, of course, because of the Cowboys early and embarrassing and very public playoff exit. Um, so before we get into all that uh, discussion about, about the specific game, I wanted to kind of ask you where you ranked this particular ignominious playoff exit uh, alongside the other ones from recent years to the Packers, i.e. the, the Des Cotta game in 2014 and the uh, Aaron Rodgers uh, mm -hmm. sideline pass field goal Jeff Heath sack and no fumble game in 2016 yeah I mean it's rank them for me buddy what's the which uh, from least to most devastating I think for me I'm gonna go the least devastating is gonna be the Des caught it game oh of, of 2014 okay. I think the reason for that is because I still had some doubts about how good that team was. I mean, that's on, on the defensive side of the ball. Um, and although we, it, you know, we still should have won that game. I, there, there's several things that happened that wasn't just the Dez no catch thing that, uh, that hurt the Cowboys. Um, but I just feel like, I don't know. I, even if we win that game, I'm not so sure how far this team goes. So that's why to me, that one is the least devastating. Um, and for the same reason that that's why the one that's the most de devastating is 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 where it's at. But I'm going to say that the current game that we just witnessed will be second to me. And mm -hmm. the, I will say this: this would be the most surprising. And th this one, this one, kind of feels the worst because I did not see it coming. I wasn't expecting it. The way the Cowboys played was just terrible. It was very, very disappointing. Um, it, in a lot of ways, it was just more, it's more sickening than any playoff defeat that I've ever seen. But as we talked about, were we really getting past the 49ers? We, I mean, none of us, we didn't think so. I felt like we're going to take the wild card. You know, next week's going to be a, a coin flip, hope for the best sort of thing. But that's, mm -hmm. that's as far as this team's going. So that's why the disappointment isn't like, oh man, we lost. And, we were going to win the Super Bowl. I, I I don't feel like that's the case. 
which is why I'm going to pick the 2016 game as the most disappointing because we that's the team I thought could win the Super Bowl. I mean, it was mm-hmm. the first time in a long time that the Cowboys actually had um, a top five offense and a top five defense and, and, and points. You know, I mean, it's like since the mm-hmm. Super Bowl era. Now we've done it two years in a row. Big whoop sort of thing. But, you know, it, it was a long time until we had the defense yeah. that was doing its part. So that was a big year. I think we, we were the number one seed um, that, that year. Uh, fresh, yes, we were. new team. A lot, of, a lot of belief in Dak. We got this new rookie, Zeke. Everything just looked really great. And, of course, the Cowboys, although it started off terrible, they fought. And, you know, they, you saw a fight in Jason Garrett's team. They came back. They tied the game. It's like, you know, I could feel it. Like, this is it, Raps. This is when we're going to get past the divisional round and we're going to do some stuff. And then, of course, Aaron Rodgers did that, you know, crazy pass. And then the field goal, Mason Crosby. And then that's it. So, that to me, I think – that one was the most, the most devastating to me because not only did, did we lose, but I felt like we were so close to winning, and if we did mm-hmm. win, we were on to good things. That's fascinating. I I would say that uh, last Sunday's was the least devastating for me because um, first of all, it wasn't close. And in some ways, the devastating games are the ones that are the most close, as you've just sort of articulated with the 2016 game. You know, there's there's 50 plays in that game. You, if you, you look at them, if they go a different way, the, the outcome is different. Um, but whereas, you know, it would take 50 plays where the outcome was different to have changed the outcome of the game on Sunday. It was it was over before it even really started. I, you know, I was still in my first uh, my first beer and it was done. Um so for me, I'll change the order a little bit. Uh, for me, the one that was most devastating, weirdly, is 2014, because I actually believe, records aside, seedings aside, I believe that was the best Cowboys team other than maybe 2021 that we've seen since the Jimmy Johnson era. I really, I know that, that people like look at the defense and say, but there weren't any names on that defense. And that's true, there weren't any names on that defense, but they were playing incredibly well, and they've been playing incredibly well the month before the playoffs started that team was on a roll and and had beaten seattle who they almost certainly would have played the next round and just looked like they were they were built to be a a kind of playoff team we'll talk more about what isn't built to be a playoff team later today probably um in the sense that like they could they could go on the road in a muddy game and run the ball they i thought i just felt like romo who i think is you know right up there among the all-time greats in Cowboys quarterbacks, probably number three for, for me. Um, but even, you know, maybe even conceivably higher, uh, was at the very top of his game. And he was absolutely at the top of his game. And, um, it's just a shame, you know, I felt like that was the team that really could have done something. Uh, so yeah, I, I think, I think devastation is, is always, you know, very directly proportional to our expectations. And I think that, We'll get into this in just a minute. I think my expectations for this team were lower than they were for those other teams because of the way they were playing going into the playoffs. I think that that's why 2014 is the most devastating for me because they were absolutely destroying people that last month. After Thanksgiving, when they had that horrible loss to the Eagles, they then went on to just be crushing people. And some of those teams they crushed were, were really good teams. They were playing at the very at the very peak and that's not something you can say about 
Cowboys teams of recent vintage. I mean, recent vintage, like the last 20 something years. So let's talk about, let's talk about uh, vintage and, and recency. Um, I'd love for you to just kind of start uh, with some of your thoughts about, about the wild card loss. And, and I think that one of the best places to start is, as you said earlier, like this did not, like this outcome was not, I think one of the paths that we really even entertained. So clearly there were lots of places and lots of moments that surprised us. What were some of the ones that you really want to pull out or what surprised you most? What surprised me most was the defense. Um, I thought they were better. Well, they are. They're they're better than this. Um, And it just looked like they just didn't know what they were doing at all. Uh, Mm -hmm. Right from the beginning, it was just a lot of things that we talked about, a lot of the things that concerned us as far as like giving Jordan Love enough time and, you know, the the trade-offs of, of certain things. If you don't, if you're not able to get pressure, I mean, all those things were present. I mean, it just everything actually was present. All the things that could go wrong went wrong. It was, you know, we talk about how some sometimes, you know, safeties or linebackers could be put in a blender. I feel like everyone was a was in a it was like a yeah. giant cowboy smoothie that was just it was just it was tough to stomach it was they were whipped into a disgusting paste it, it was it yeah. was awful i don't <laughs> I, like i don't even couldn't even recognize who i was watching um mm-hmm. so that's the 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 biggest thing that stands out to me and then of course when you go on the other side of the ball look at the, i mean the cowboys the clock was zero before they finally scored a point. I mean, they needed the extra bonus time after it struck zero to actually score their first point. There was nada in the first half. It was, it was equally disgusting because that, I that was a part of the team that I thought was good defense. You've heard me say I think they're fine. Um, mm-hmm. Offense, they're supposed to be great, and then they were just goosed. It was, it was terrible. I mean, I mean. I don't know. It was one of those things like you're watching and you're right. It was, you were coming to terms with what was going on pretty quick. It wasn't like you're going to be on pins and needles on this one, but it was very sad to witness. It was like, what am I watching? Who is this team that I've been following for the last three months? That's, that's been great. And they're, and they're so bad. And it was, it was tough. It was tough for us. Yeah. It's, it's, I, not to get too far ahead of ourselves, but I think in some ways, you know, the, the team that we've been watching the last three months, part of part of what it did for me was clarify that the way they played on Sunday is it was the team they were for the last three months. So we'll get we'll get into that more. A couple points to, to piggyback on what you just said. The what are the two areas? One on give me one on offense and one on defense that has been the key to the Cowboys' victory and especially their dominant victories all year long. Oh, I mean, it's easy. I mean, on offense, it's their passing attack, mm-hmm. and on defense, it's their pass rush. Absolutely. And tell me, wh- where were those in evidence on Sunday? They were out playing for the Packers. That's right. That's right. So I, that, the, the, I think it's really interesting because I think you're just sort of referred to it obliquely. Um, I kept thinking during the game that some of the things that we talked about in during Rabble's Roundup and Phantoms 5 about what they needed to do and the, and the areas in which we said that, that we thought the Cowboys had an advantage, we saw those things happening, but the Cowboys didn't take advantage of the places where we thought they had an advantage. And so let's talk about those a little bit. I felt like 
we thought that going into the game that um, that Matt Lafleur was going to try to was going to try to scheme slow developing explosive downfield passes for Jordan Love, but who has a great arm. In fact, he did, and 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 in fact, those plays took longer to develop than most plays do, and most plays that we've seen all year do because most teams proceed as if they're terrified of the Cowboys' pass rush, and and we thought when those plays happen. He'll get his occasionally, but the Cowboys are going to get a great opportunity to get home. And guess what? They never got home ever. There were a couple times where he had to, like, to throw off his back foot, but he has the arm strength, and he made great throws to guys who were wide, wide open. So I felt like going in, we thought the difference was going to be the Cowboys' pass rush and the fact that they were not going to allow – the, what, what had been the Packers' bread and butter in their recent winning streak to happen. And, in fact, the Packers said, nope. And I think one of the areas where, where we underestimated the Packers was in their offensive line's ability to yes. hold, hold up for a long Absolutely. I think we, we just – we didn't give them because, like, you know, they're, they're beat up and Bakhtiari hasn't been playing and all these other reasons. I don't think we gave them the credit that they that – they, uh, deserve because actually statistically they were one of the best in the league in terms of giving protection and time to their quarterback and so we should we should have recognized why that why that was and the other the other thing you've mentioned was the passing game the Cowboys quarterback excuse me the Cowboys wide receivers looked like the previous year's version where they couldn't get open they were not getting open some of the Packers going into this we thought that the that the great advantage of the game was going to be the Cowboys wide receiving core against the Packers secondary slash back seven. We thought there would be plays up the seam. We thought there was no way they're going to be able to cover CD lamb. We thought these guys were all bums. Even if, even if an injured Jair Alexander did play. And in fact, they played incredibly tight coverage. Um, they, they were way, way, way more physical than the Cowboys wide receivers who, who didn't like that and kind of gave up and stopped, stopped running their routes, you know, all the way, and we saw the result of that in the in the, in the Jair Alexander pick, where even from the from the jump, it felt like Brandon Cooks just wasn't up for that action, and he let he let Alexander out muscle him, and so the two, as you've rightly pointed out, the two things um, that have been the Cowboys' bread and butter, for want of a better term, all year long, uh, were completely absent, mm -hmm. completely absent. Yeah. So part of what I'm wondering about is. Did the coaches or did the, did the team have some inkling that that might be the case? So I, I kind of actually want to start that conversation by asking about a couple of very curious coaching decisions that a lot of people have been talking about. The first is all the running on first and second down. And the second is the Cowboys defensive brain trusts decision to, to play a preponderance of zone when they've been such a good man to man team all year. What do you make of those two decisions so the first one to i the first question i have some ideas about second one's a little more puzzling but you know i watched that game a few different times and right out of the gate you know i feel like dak checking out a pass plays he's in shotgun they shotgun run they realize green bay's coming with four on the line of scrimmage they're to run a good run favorable situation they'd run a draw six seven yards good good opening first play and then they're like, oh, you know what? Green Bay is going to give us that look. We're going to try to run. Then when the Cowboys went to like 13 personnel, like said, hey, we're going to run the ball on you. 
Then it's in Green Bay. He's like, well, no, we're going to defend it now. Then those runs were not doing anything. But every time the Cowboys would run into past situations or past defense, they would have success. But I think the Cowboys were caught off guard because they were thinking they were going to come out there and pass. And the Packers were kind of laying back and daring them to run the ball mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and uh, daring them to, to throw the ball short. And the Cowboys weren't doing that initially. They were trying to run what they had planned on doing and it wasn't working and it wasn't until like later in the game of course people will call this as meaningless football uh but the cowboys were having success garbage time garbage time yeah but they were you can see the things were much better when they were running the short stuff and uh, you know of course by then green bay's like yeah go ahead and try a 12 play drive and mm-hmm. it takes up seven mm-hmm. minutes we don't care but i feel like the cowboys they had a plan um it did and the packers had a plan that was better and the cowboys didn't know how to deviate I liked the running when they were running, um, when they were running in shotgun and in in favorable situations. I thought that's fine. I wasn't in any big hurry. Like, hey, we're down all these points. You better start throwing. And that's fine. The Cowboys needed. They were taking what they were given, and they were having success. It's just those other times that they were trying to do things that, honestly, I just don't think they were were ready for. They didn't look ready. And of course, we can talk more about their the, the play of their quarterback, which is. I thought was uncharacteristic because he's been playing so well, and I didn't think he played very well um, at all in this game. Um, so there's that. But then to go on the other side, Rams. I don't. I, I'm hoping you can shed some light on what the Cowboys' defense was doing because it's like, I like they were just trying to be cute and like, hey, I know we don't do this, and this is not what we're good at, but look what we're gonna do. And then how how do you think about that? And, can, and the Packers was like, okay. That that's what we're gonna. I mean, it was it was terrible. So I don't know why what they were, you know, playing, you know, the coverage they were, and it just seemed like that was, it just wasn't their thing, and it, and it really showed. Yeah, I think that the the Cowboys coaches asked the players to do something they hadn't been doing all year, and there were too many times where uncertainty about like who covers what zone given this route combination, um, manifested in guys who were wide wide open so i do want to get back to this idea of um running and and going into zone um but before we and and why that might have been but before we do that i i kind of want to talk about the running game support for this show comes from sylvan learning as a parent you want your child to have every opportunity but giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge that takes a team Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's insight assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. One 
the things we've argued or I've argued all the time is when the Cowboys try to keep running or when the Cowboys, you know, go to a short passing game, et cetera, it's because they want to try to protect the quarterback because they don't think the offensive line is going to hold up. Right. And that makes sense. So I guess my question for you then is, do you think that the Cowboys offensive brain trust felt like and created thereby created a game plan around an idea that they didn't think their offensive line could hold up. Because I think one of the things that people aren't talking about is the fact that Zach Martin and Tyler Smith were just coming back from illnesses and injuries. And I, w- I do wonder if they, and those are clearly the strength of the Cowboys offensive line, right? Their, their, their guards, their guards are both like all pro caliber guards. But if both those guys are coming back at less than full strength, I wonder if they're thinking, you know what? I'm not sure our offensive line can hold up. We need to create a game plan that takes that into consideration so we don't get our quarterback killed and get – and I think that what they were trying to avoid was exactly what happened, which is turnovers, quarterback gets killed, you get behind early, and, it, and it's over. So I'd just love to hear what you think about – do you think that given their behavior and the choices they made on offense, that they felt like they were going to lose the battle to the Packers' defensive line? I don't. I mean, I, I I don't see that though. I mean, I I think that the offensive line was fine. I mean, I mm-hmm. I, I do see. You know, I, I didn't look like Dak was comfortable at all. He he took off on the third play of the game, and nobody was open, and he took off. And uh, uh, I but I I don't look at any like uh, offensive line pr- protection breakdown. They can't run the ball when they're trying to run the ball, and the t- defense knows they're going to run the ball. That's Cowboys can't do that, and that's that, that's mm-hmm. very terrible. That sucks because we 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 haven't been a team that 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 can't do that, and it's 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 just it's just really terrible. But outside of that, I don't I don't know. I'm not seeing anything. I would have expected them to be come out with more little stuff, more dinky stuff. If they're wanting mm-hmm. to get get the ball out quickly, if they were if they were trying to protect against that, didn't really see that. I mean, it looked like they were trying to find the intermediate, no longer stuff, but they just the Packers were sitting on those and mm-hmm, that wasn't mm-hmm. there. And then next thing you know, Dak's running around like with the ball, like, what do I do? And he's, he's scrambling. And so I, I don't know really what the, what the coaches expected from their offensive line, but I don't really feel like they did anything to, to help them to cover up anything. Um, you know, any deficiencies, do you see it differently? No, no, but it did feel like the game plan was in some ways designed to limit Dak's um, exposure. But, but I think one of the thing part of that's part of that's because, as we said earlier, like whenever he faded back, nobody was open, and so it, mm-hmm. it suddenly, it suddenly and very quickly felt like 2022, right, where Dak again and again and again faded back, nobody was open. He had to try to fit things into tight windows, and 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 bad things happened. Um, so I guess my question then becomes, do you think the coaching staff was surprised by this? Or do you think maybe they saw this coming? And if they saw this coming, do you think there's a, there's a degree to which, when we think about them playing zone, so actually let's, let's go back to this question of zone first before I ask this question. When do teams go switch from man-to-man to zone? When do they play zone more likely? Like, why do you play zone as a defense? Why were zone defenses created? I really, to me personally, I just feels like, comes down to your quarterback you know how he's seeing the field and and what the what the strengths of the offense is because um i mean i don't know if like 
for the Cowboys to choose to do this, what they were thinking. If they, I guess they're mm-hmm. thinking like Jordan Love, inexperienced playoff quarterback. We're going to try to find him to, to find these little creases. And we don't think, you know, we think we get a little pressure on him. He's not going to be able to do it. But I don't know if that's a smart plan against Jordan Love. Um, mm-hmm. So I, to me, that doesn't make sense. Um, I, I think I think that, that I think you're right. It doesn't make sense if we think about Jordan Love as as not a threat, right? If we think about him as a young quarterback, we think about him as someone who's going to, you know, so so were they thinking he would have trouble reading the zone? But let's let's think about this. Like when was the zone first created? The zone defense was created to stop Bob Hayes from beating everybody man to man because he was you know so much faster than everybody else. So the zone, in some ways, Bob Hayes, the great Cowboys wide receiver, is the one who brought the zone defense to the NFL because people people need to find a way to stop him. So that's one reason why teams use zone. The other, of course, is if you have a running quarterback, it allows the defensive backs to not turn their back to the quarterback when he takes off, so you have a chance to get him earlier. That's not the case of Jordan Love. He's not a big runner. He's, he's not terrible, but he's not. that's not his game, right? So we have to assume that, that, that the latter is the issue. So this is, this is actually why I bring this up. I wonder if they were terrified of the, of the, the Packers receivers getting deep on their secondary and giving up big plays. They wanted to play zone to limit those. Because that's the only reason you go to zone, to play heavy zone like that, is to stop, is to keep everything in front of you and stop that from happening. And and, and so we know that that happened against the Packers when they played them in Green Bay last year. Christian Watson got deep a couple times uh, against man. And I just part of me wonders if they went to zone because they were afraid of getting beat deep because of uh, of, of Love's big arm and maybe even because because they knew that their pass rush wasn't always going to get home against those slow developing plays. So this is why this is, this leads me to my last question about the game. And then we move on to like, what, what else we learned? Did the Cowboys coaching staff and did the Cowboys by extension play scared? Like, did they, did they go into saying, Oh my God, uh, uh, the Packers are going to throw deep on us. Therefore, we have to play zone. Oh my God, the Packers off the Packers defensive line is is better than we thought, and I'm not sure we can hold up. Therefore, we need to call more first and second down runs because I, those are the behaviors of teams that play scared, that are worried about those matchups. I think there are two things that stand out to me, and I don't know if you want to categorize it as playing scared or playing stupid. Um, mm. The first is that when you talk about coverage and zone and uh, you know, we 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 co- we call these guys hybrid linebackers for a reason. You know, they're they're, they're strong safeties. You know, Donovan Wilson, Jaron Curse, mm-hmm. Marquise Bell—they're all defensive backs that play the run. They are not coverage guys. The Cowboys don't have coverage safeties, I and mean, they got one, Malik Hooker. That's it. That there, there you go. And uh, so to even roll that way is mm-hmm. you, you don't even have the tools to do it. So that, that that's bothersome in one regard. And another one, too, is is I don't know if they play scared, but they also started to panic because when they couldn't get home, the Cowboys did the one thing that we were hoping wouldn't happen, and that's they, they started blitzing. And, yep. and then when that happened, it was like Jordan Love became Aaron Rodgers. And it was just like, okay, you made the game easy for him. You, 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 he does what he does best. And then, of course... We saw, I don't know how many times, but it was so bad when you just saw somebody wide open because there's nobody there. You, you, you just don't have mm-hmm. the manpower to, to cover everything. And you have 
safeties all run into the same area and the coverage breakdown. So mm-hmm. uh, it was just, I mean, it was, it was terrible from a, a, a strategy standpoint. It was a terrible from a performance standpoint. I, I just, I don't even know what to think about what I saw. Yeah, I think this is why I'm glad in some ways we have multiple episodes because there's going to need to be some some thinking between episodes and then discussion during them about just what the heck we saw and what that means. Uh, In the short term, though, we're going to I do want to talk a little bit more about what that means. And I kind of want to piggyback on what you just said, which was that the um, Cowboys, as you rightly pointed out, not just only in this conversation, but multiple times during the season, have three guys who are playing the same position which is a strong safety that covers the, that it's like a good in the box safety, you know, reasonable guy at covering, covering short, you know, like tight ends, tight ends in the flat and short passes, et cetera, but become incre- increasingly exposed the deeper into the secondary they have to go. And we've had to ask those guys to play linebacker because we want more of them on the field at the same time because they're better, they're better players than some of the other guys, but also, and this is the really important thing that I want to talk about because the Cowboys linebacking core was decimated this year. So we talked about Damone Clark and the fact that he was basically the, the, the carrot in the smoothie, you know, uh, in this game after a couple games in which he wasn't, but we'd seen this all year long. But the other thing I think that I, it was been really in evidence since the Cowboys lost was the, the, the injuries in the preseason to DeMarvian, to Marvian overshone. And then after the, I think the front the 49ers game um, to Leighton Van Der Esch. And I think the Cowboys have done the best to make do all year, but boy, did that seem uh, to be a problem both against green Bay. But in some ways, the thing I learned was, it's been a problem all year since he went down. I mean, it's been a problem since Van Der Esch went down. So I guess my question for you is, in retrospect, was the defense doomed as soon as that happened? When like they they were able to overcome and you know deal in some ways with the loss of Overshone, but when Van Der Esch went down, were they basically done? I have a hard time thinking that they are because they've had so much success even still, you know, after Van Der Esch left with, with this group. So the Cowboys, we know they drafted DeMarmion Overshone, which is what they call the next J-Ron curse, which, you know, here we go. Another. <laughs> yeah. Well, like we want another one of those. <laughs> well, you know, we did coming into this season. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we, we did. I mean, so, so but basically another way of saying the Cowboys had a plan to, to be lean. They were going to be lean. And I don't mean lean as in depleted. I mean, lean as in lean. Uh, they right, were going right. to play small. This is who they were going to be. They, it wasn't like that plan got thrown out the window in DeMarvin. This is that's who they that's that's who they have now. Layton's an actual true linebacker, um, so they lost him, um, and then they now you're just filled with just a lot of guys that are undersized. Um, so were they doomed when that happened? The thing is, it, it's hard for me to to look at. We always talk about how how lean they are when Buffalo's running all over them or San Francisco's mm-hmm. running all over them. But we're not talking about that when uh, Mostert and A-Chain, you know, is not being able to get doing anything against them, or Montgomery and uh, Gibbs is not doing anything. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, mm-hmm. I have a hard time with that. Like, I feel like when the Cowboys do play to what what they're capable of and, and they game plan correctly, 
that this group can be effective. Now they're not going to be dominant. They're not talking about Robert Jones and and Ken Norton Jr. or anything where you know they're not dominating linebacker core uh, with this, but they're going to be effective. Oh, uh, where's Dixon Edwards when you need? I was you know I could keep going on. Uh, you know, Darren Smith, <laughs> Dixon Edwards. I mean yeah. the whole. I mean Jimmy Johnson had he was not lean in both size no, no. or depth for of his linebackers. Uh, but the Cowboys were, and so that's the part that's like I don't know Rabs. I don't know that they necessarily were. Because I feel like this group and how they play can still be effective when they're doing things like they're supposed to. Well, so I guess my question is, what's the supposed to? And when can they be effective? And it makes me wonder if uh, you've, you've, you've just uh, chosen a couple of examples that I think are really strong arguments because those are games that were pretty close. Like, uh, so I think one thing we've talked about is that this team is built to play from ahead. And when they're small and fast, um, and the other team is forced to pass and become one-dimensional, they're actually at, their, at the place they want to be. Like they're, they're built to be that team. So I, I would need to think about this a little longer, and this is maybe something we need to come back to. But it feels like there are teams who have the ability to like line up in, in like 12 personnel, two tight ends, one running back, and go heavy, or even go three tight ends, and go heavy, and... Um, and and especially punish the Cowboys on the perimeter. It feels like the Cowboys have been particularly vulnerable as a perimeter running team all year long. And I wonder if going small paid off over the over the long term. But there are isolated incidents against teams that use a lot of motion, that have varied running games, and also can line up in a heavy package. Mm-hmm. And the Cowboys didn't have a count. This is the problem. The Cowboys did not have a counter to a heavy package. And so whenever other teams lined up, like and let's use Buffalo and Green Bay as, as the example, when the, both those teams said, we're going to, they declared quite clearly in the huddle, we have two tight ends in here. We have two big blocking tight ends. What are the Cowboys going to do? They're going to run in their heavy personnel. They don't have any. Mm-hmm. Like they didn't bring in their big run stuffing linebacker who didn't have any range, but was like a monster between the tackles. They didn't have a Matt Millen to run in, you know, to, to sort of be a, to be a force in the middle. Um, and so they were like, okay, well, we're going to st- we're going to stay with these guys who are all around 200 pounds. And they just got, they just got bludgeoned. And, um, and I think that I feel really strongly that the thing that we learned from green Bay is that the Cowboys were in trouble when the second Vanderish went down, it just took a while for that to manifest because they were able to fool us because they disguised the real trouble they were in or the degree to which they were in. All, even though we saw elements of that or moments of that throughout the season when, when, when teams were able to truly expose that particular deficiency. So the other deficiency that I really like to talk about, I want to I hear what you have to say about that is, line play right if you get into the playoffs and you're playing against similarly talented teams which one assumes that you are and i listen we have to say green bay is a much much more talented team than we gave them credit for they're young they're good they're healthy they're on the come and not healthy in a sense of like obviously they key players who were questionable but they're healthy in the sense of like young players are at playing at a higher percentage of their of their ability at the end of the year because they recover more quickly than old teams. Um, they're a good. They're a good squad. When when you're playing against even, so I'm going to say they're an evenly matched team. When you're playing against evenly matched teams. The place where you need to dominate 
is on the line. Was there a game that was a close game or a Cowboys loss this year where you really felt like the offensive line and this, and in the running game, certainly, the defensive line dominated? Oh, I don't. Hmm. A close game? No. I, I mean, I could think of ones where they had their way when, and, you know, in very positive game scripts. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think so. Um, I, I don't see. Th- no. That. that and so I, I feel the same way. And, I, and so part of me feels like, <clears throat> is there a fundamental problem here in the way the Cowboys are built? Like they're built with really good skill players. They're really, they're, they're built with good corners. They have good receivers. They have a good passing game. They have a good pass rush. But are they built for I mean, we can call it playoff football, but are they built to compete with teams who live and die with their offensive and defensive lines? This is one of the reasons why I think that the the loss to the Packers in 2014 is the most devastating because that offensive line was built for the situation. Mm -hmm. They were built for that stretch run. They were built to, to, to carry the team in those gritty, muddy, bad weather December games that they were going to be, that they were going to be playing. And then that, that and I, I just wonder if this team is built that way. I, I'm not sure. That, I'm not sure that they are. Well, I think that's a fair question because when you look at what happened on both sides of, of the ball, it was. And no disrespect for Green Bay, but I'm, I'm not fearful of their front four. I mean, they got, I certainly wasn't going in. Yeah, no, yeah, they're they're good players. And uh, but and you look at the Cowboys' offensive line. And, you know, when they, when you knew there was a run, there was, the Cowboys weren't going to be able to run. And then you look at the other side of the ball, and this and this is where I was. At, even though I was, we talked about how what we thought of Green Bay's offensive line. Those guys are good. Uh, but, man, were they really good. And, I mean, they were mm-hmm. they were jumping out and very athletic uh, players. And the, the, mm-hmm. it was like all hands on deck when it comes to blocking. I mean, the Cowboys, you know, they weren't. They didn't have opportunities to be tough because you had a double team over here. And then, you know, it's like, can you take away Micah? You got nothing else. Nobody else is generating any pressure. And and then Jordan Love is free to do what he wants. So I think the Cowboys were getting beat both sides of the ball. And uh, more so, and honestly, I think that the Packers offensive line outplayed the Cowboys defensive line, which is very sad with what our expectations are. And the Cowboys offensive line, they weren't able to outplayed the Packers defensive line enough to, to help their offense. And the, both of those are just mm-hmm. really disappointing. And when you lose the battle at the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball, you're in trouble. Yeah. You got no chance. You got yeah, no chance. Yeah. I, I felt like the Cowboys were for a team that was so good, were surprisingly unimpressive on both sides of the line of scrimmage this year. Their, their pass rush is incredible, but in general, like this, the sort of toughness and, and precision and consistency of their defensive line, was was not so great. So let me. I have one final question for you here in terms of what we learned, and then I think we do need to wrap up. Uh, even though, as we said earlier before we started recording, we could talk for two days straight. Yes. You know, just get like a big old gallon gallon of coffee each and just talk in a sort of like coffee induced fever dream about what happened. No bathroom breaks. So, no, 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 no. We just have we just have to go into a into like a you know, into a bucket or something here. Um, I just want to throw this out there. If whether you want, you can engage with this in any way you want. But I, part of what 
I've been thinking about in the wake of the loss is, is it possible that this team is actually far less talented than we'd been led to believe, than we'd led ourselves to believe, and then you and I had led each other to believe, et cetera. And is it possible that the coaches, all of whom everybody wants to fire right now, did an amazing job this year to get them to 12 and 5, given the evident holes in their roster? It's possible. I mean, I think you have to say that because, I mean, we've already talked about, well, we can pick different points of the roster where we don't feel as good about, like, I can tell you that I don't think Deron Bland's an all-pro or I don't think the safeties are are great. Um, so and, and so when I look at those players, I, I credit the coaches for getting, for making them play beyond what, you know, what I expect them to play. Um, so it's certainly possible, uh, but it... it it's hard to say that because the Cowboys have so many good players. I mean, like nine, mm-hmm. nine all, all pros on their team, uh, but a good balance offense, you know, defense, you have specialty effort. It's so, it's, you look at that and you think, man, the roster building is so great, you know, and and you get bring in a Brandon Cooks and you bring on a Stephon Gilmore and a Jonathan Hankins and, you know, it's just, they're just really good and, and the talent's there. Uh, so it's got to be the coaching that's just messing this whole thing up. Um, but, I think you have to take a step back and look at these players and, you know, have to like look at your, um, you know, Tyler B. Oddishes and your Terrence Stills and your Marquise Bells and you know, ever mm-hmm. all these players that you start to think about how the Cowboys got in the sixth round or something. Well, guess what? They, maybe they are six rounders. You know, maybe they are, mm-hmm. maybe, maybe they're not as good is what I'm saying. I, I am a big, uh, pro front office, uh, for pro Will McClay and pro mm-hmm. personnel department, and I think they do a fantastic job. But is the car maybe this this just is a team that's not up to snuff when it comes to having the strength to get to move people when you need them to, or having the quickness to stay with guys? And so I would say it's possible. That's that's how I have to answer this, Raps. I I think that I think that when you think about where teams that are really tough and gritty and the type of teams that are really physical that you can be proud of because they just had a great physical game and over and you know it sort of dominated the other team the places where they tend to be really strong are on the offensive line and the middle of the defense and those are exactly where the cowboys are weak and so i mean it doesn't surprise me that they have trouble against good teams because that's where Mm -hmm. good teams tend to be good and so i what question i want to leave you with is you know when we have to ask ourselves why the, the Cowboys continuously fall short, I guess one of the things I'm, I'm wondering about is it is it just bad luck in sample size, which it could be because they haven't been in this position often enough, or is it is there some kind of flaw in the organizational approach to everything? And we'll talk about that in future episodes, but I, I think it's important for us to kind of combat the dominant narrative right now, which is, oh, this team is so talented, the coaches all failed. Yeah. What if that's not the case? Right. What if that's not the case? Because I think we have to also recognize that as Dallas Cowboys, and this is one of the fundamental problems, as Dallas Cowboys, who are on a decent team, the guys who are good are always going to be either overrated or vastly overrated. Nine All-Pros? They don't have nine All-Pros. Yeah. They have a certain amount of guys who are good, many of whom are lucky to be Dallas Cowboys and therefore be, become All-Pros. You know what I mean? They're, they're always overrated. And Jerry Jones and, and everybody you know on, on the ownership side is always crowing about that because they want everyone to know how great they are. 
And so I think that there's a sense in which we all invest in the Cowboys being more talented than they are and have for years. This is, this, it happens every year. Oh, this is the best team since X. This is the best coaching staff since X. Who's telling us that? The ownership who wants us to buy. And I think that it, it I think it's really important the next month that you and I say to ourselves, is this a, is this a talented team talented? I mean, yes, they're a talented team, but are they talented in the right ways? And where does the role of ownership play into them being talented in the wrong ways or lack, not talented in, in, in the right ways? Yeah. No, I mean, this is a, these are a lot of topics that I have a lot of opinions about and I can't wait to discuss this with you. I mean, everyone will be, uh, you know, nobody's off limits with quarterback, the McCarthy and everybody, Jerry Jones, for sure. We'll have thoughts on him. Um, and, but we will get to that in future shows, but that is all we have for our show today. If you haven't yet, please do subscribe to the blogging, the boys podcast network, leave us a rating, write a review, wherever you get your podcast, Apple, Spotify, iTunes, or Stitcher. Tell us what you think. Anything you would like to do differently to improve your podcast listening experience and if you ever want to talk to us about anything at all any cowboys hot topics what you're most disappointed about or is there something that you do in your daily routine that just brings you peace you know let us know you can hit me up on twitter i'm at danny phantom 24 don't forget to check out all the great podcasts we have throughout the entire week every day we got something new for you tomorrow we'll have the world's team with meg murray and paul stewart so make sure to check that out but that's all we have for today. Thanks for hanging out with us. Hope you have a great weekend. Stay safe. Stay happy. Stay true to the silver and blue. And we will catch you later. Class dismissed. <laughs>